In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're going to have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. Talking today about your initial evaluations with your patients and how your evaluation is not just one visit. This could be podcast over right now. Your evaluation doesn't have to be one visit. It can be very liberating and freeing if you think that way and goodbye. <laughs> so dive into this, Nicole. Why is this? This seems like something it is intuitive to me because you talk about this all the time. It's You talk about this over in the essentials course, like for the first two modules are all about evaluation. But why is this such an important concept and why do we struggle with, I guess, recognizing that fact that you're not going to have it figured out after the first visit? I don't really know where this comes from, to be quite honest. I think that to me, and I want you guys to think about think about it this way. If you were doing a thorough pelvic floor evaluation, you have to be looking at both external factors and internal factors, right? So if you're essentially doing an ortho eval plus a pelvic floor evaluation, now all of a sudden, like almost by definition, it's going to be taking longer than one hour or one time of evaluating. It's like you wouldn't, in orthopedics, if someone comes in with low back pain, you're doing, an, let's just say you have an hour, you have, you're doing an hour eval on the low back and you're looking at all of the factors for the low back. Well, in pelvic floor, we have to be looking at the low back, the SI joint, the hip, the foot, how they move, how the pelvis and the thorax and the pressure system are all working together. You have to look at how the body is moving, what tasks they need to do, like all of those things, all in the context of a very complex pelvic floor system. And so if we take that as the premise that we must look at external factors and the whole reason why we're pelvic floor physical therapists is because we have the opportunity to assess the musculature internally, the, that by definition is a lot of stuff to go over. And so if you're doing it thoroughly like that, it's literally impossible. And I don't care how long your eval is. It's pretty, unless it was like five hours, it's literally impossible to get it all done in one day. And so, and in one hour. So the, that's just it. <laughs> it is. Well, and that's not even counting the amount of time that you're spending talking through the patient with their story, right? Well, right. It's so not that's, like you that's have like just... an hour of time from the moment you walk in the door. It's like the timer starts and it's like, boom, go get everything crammed into that hour that you possibly can. That's not how it works. So if you think about it again, so that, so we just talked about just the objective gap, objective information gathering portion. Now, if you take into account the fact that the subjective 
is very much likely going to take longer than it would in an orthopedic evaluation because it's not like, oh, my ankle, I sprained my ankle playing soccer, period, end of story. <laughs> like it's, it's just like there's a lot going on and patients are even less body aware and less uh, well-versed in understanding connection. So take a soccer player, for instance. A lot of times an athlete will understand that a prior knee injury might be related to an ankle problem, right? Or an ankle, their ankle hurts and now like their back is starting to bother them. They kind of get that there's like a kinetic chain thing, even though they don't talk about it like that. There's people that have no freaking clue about what how their pelvic floor works. Half the people that we talk to in our clinics don't even know if they're female, that they have three holes. Like there is a huge lack of awareness of what the pelvic floor does and what our bodily functions, how they work. And so there's a ton of unpacking all of that stuff to do in the first evaluation, not to mention how personal it is and the, all of the very sad statistics about trauma and sexual assault and all kinds of things that are all wrapped up in the pelvic floor. So subjective exam takes longer. The objective exam takes longer because we're adding a whole nother component to it. And then if you even think that you're going to try to add in any treatment, I mean, this is why it's difficult. This is why it's literally impossible. If you're doing a good job, and I will say that if you're doing a good job to get it done in one visit. Also adding in just extra time there is the sheer logistics of what you guys do. Like you have to leave and somebody has to change into a gown and change back. I mean, that's extra time too. It's not like we're talking like unlimited amount of time here. Totally. So. And we have to explain to them most of the time that we are going to perform an internal exam and we have to assess their readiness and, and all of the stuff that goes around getting consent for that. Like that is a bigger, all of that stuff, you guys, can you just please just take a pause here and realize that like literally we're listing off like a million things that we have to do and it's literally impossible to do it in in one visit. So I hope that's a little bit of a freeing concept for you guys. If you are struggling to feel like you're not getting all of that stuff done, if you are feeling like you're completely thoroughly evaluating somebody from head to toe at that initial evaluation in those first 60 minutes and you don't know what the heck this podcast is about. <laughs> Just turn it off. <laughs> Be done. The other thing is, you guys, is that if, if we know that the pelvic floor is very unique, right, and that it's a lot of it is innervated by the pedental nerve and the pedental nerve is the only peripheral nerve that is directly innervated by the autonomic nervous system or the sympathetic nervous system, then then again, in order to do a very thorough evaluation, now we have to look at all of the nervous system things that are contributing factors. And therefore, we need to talk about all of the things that can lead to the fight-flight response being overstimulated, the lack of parasympathetic response in somebody. And so all of those things that I call the foundations of pelvic health, like sleep, stress management, what are you just doing for general exercise and nutrition? all also play a huge role. Again, if someone just sprained their ankle, is the fact, of course, you know, improving their sleep might help their healing, but it's not going to be so imperative to the long, to the long lasting relief that we need to have for somebody with a pelvic floor problem, that it's much more important that we actually address all of those things in a pelvic floor uh, evaluation as well. Again, in time, right? We don't have to do it on that first session. So what are the implications of this? Because that, first of all, means to me that you can stop feeling like you need to stuff 
everything humanly possible into that first day because you're not going to get everything done. So if you do have to leave something to be looked at at the next time or be discussed next time, that's totally fine. So if we're not stuffing everything possible into that initial evaluation and cramming right up to the the clock expiring, and a lot of times for those of you, especially with your own practice, going over with those patients and having a hard time with your time management, which could be a whole nother podcast. What is it more about then, Nicole, instead of trying to do it all and have it figured out after one hour or 45 minutes or 30 minutes for those of you guys who are in an insurance practice? So this really comes down to two things, two major things. Number one is that you have to be good at taking into account what they put on their intake form and what they take to tell you when they're subjective and prioritize. So that's number one. You have to be able to prioritize of what is the most important thing that is going to give you the biggest bang for your buck in doing a, a more thorough evaluation of that person. The second thing is communicating that you aren't done on that first day and you do need to do more things. And that is not, oh my gosh, you screwed up and what an idiot. You didn't even get done the, all the eval. It's that you are communicating to people, hey, I chose to do this because it's going to give us the most information today, right now. But I also want to take a look at A, B, C, D. And we will do that once you come back and you tell me how you you were after this first session. So we're going to go back to prioritizing in a second because that that's really the biggest thing. And that's what people I think people struggle with the most. Um, but it really, again, in answer to your question, Jesse, comes down to two things. Prioritizing on the evaluation of what are you going to actually do that day and being able to communicate to your patient what you're doing that day and what you are not doing that day as well. So kind of beginning with the end in mind, then what does a successful evaluation mean? What does it mean to actually do a successful evaluation? Because I think you're challenging the assumption that a successful evaluation is you have figured them out in that first session. And I think maybe that's where this comes from. I don't know where that kind of implicit unease around that comes from, but we hear it all of the time of people who feel really unsure or lacking confidence in that initial evaluation. And I think that's maybe because that's what we put on it. Like we have to have it figured out. Everyone always uses the like puzzles. I need to get the puzzle pieces all figured out at that initial evaluation. And you're saying, A, that's impossible. And it's a terrible standard to try to hold yourself to. But what is a successful evaluation? How should the patient be feeling after it? So it's a great question. So first of all, this is one of the reasons why when I was creating pelvic PT essentials, this is a thing that we go over in the, in, you know, basically a third of the course is all about for you, how to use your pelvic PT ethos and figure out what is important to you and what are you going to prioritize and what are your choices of prioritization of that? But in answer to your question, the a successful evaluation is not figuring everything out, but instead it is having the patient understand at least one thing of how their pelvic floor is related to their current symptoms. That's really what you're trying to get patients to understand that first day. How is their primary symptom? I have burning vulvar pain. What is going on with their pelvic floor that is causing that symptom? That's probably primary. 
in our assessment and in our objective gathering, we should, in an evaluation, be able to pick pick one thing that is most likely contributing to that burning vulvar pain in this example. And you should be able to gather that from their subjective exam, because if you just listen to people, they will tell you exactly what the problem is. And also taking into some of their other pelvic health history and some of their orthopedic history into account. So for instance, if they've had a fall on their tailbone and the timeline of events is that they had zero vulvar pain ever, they fell on their tailbone, they had a bout of urinary urgency and a little bit of what they thought was a yeast infection, but it actually really wasn't back in that time, then they didn't have symptoms at all. And now they're in their, the clinic for burning vulvar pain now, then guess what? In that evaluation, I might want to take a look at the SI joint and the tailbone because that's a significant part of their history that is very likely in the timeline of the onset of their symptoms can be contributing to that issue. So I don't care then about looking at their rib cage mobility right then the first day. I do care about how that might influence the pelvis later on, on the second or third visit. But in terms of prioritizing what their history is, I want to piece together the timeline of their symptoms and figure out what is the most likely proximate cause and most likely contributing factor to their symptoms and have the patient understand that there's at least one thing that you have identified that could be contributing to their current symptoms. I love that. I'm going to add one other thing in there that I think you do naturally, but I think we had talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, is the other thing that they should need to leave with is that knowing that you can help. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, obvious. It, to you. <laughs> well, but we did a whole podcast on that. But, we, but so time. really, those are the two things that a patient would, you should be walking out the door with. They need to know how it's related to what their symptoms are and know that you can help. Yes. And then the other piece to that is in terms of the communication, that second piece. So we prioritize what we do on the eval the first day so that we can help the patient understand something about where their symptoms are coming from. And then we should have a hypothesis on as to what else might be contributing based on anatomy, physiology, their personality, like as we're starting to understand it, what we found on that eval, like is there, was their tailbone fine? And that's like, oh shoot, maybe that wasn't such a contributor. What else could it be? Ah, they have a history of a labral tear too. Gosh, I need to do their hip next visit. Not, oh my gosh, you need to go over and try to do a quick screen of the hip and then you're not doing a good job doing anything. But the point being is that you have to be able to to have a primary hypothesis and test that the first day, and then a secondary hypothesis or another thing in the wings that you want to do, and you're formulating that at the same time on the eval. And this is literally what we go over in Essentials. And so we're going to do this podcast in 20 minutes. There's like literally hours of content on how to do that, how to synthesize, how to formulate your hypothesis, how to test it and do all of that in the evaluation seamlessly. So the patient doesn't still feels like you're very much with them and listening to them and all that stuff, but that's going on in your brain. Uh, You know, guys, we have a hard job. That's, that's difficult to do. And so 
that's the other thing. I feel like it can be really liberating, especially for a newer pelvic PT or OT that is feeling super overwhelmed with that. This is why it's really important to just pick one thing. Pick one thing, because if you try to get done everything, you're going to not do anything very well. And then your patient's going to be like, this chick doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. You're going to have to go back and redo it the next time too, right? If you do that quick hip screen, you're going to have to go back and redo that at some point. Because a lot of times what people end up trying to do is to get through everything is to do a quick screen of everything, right? Let's do a quick screen of the hip, quick screen of the nerves, quick screen of the back, quick screen of the SI joint quick hurry up and do the internal and then maybe only going to like the first layer or something and being like oh the pelvic floor seems kind of fine which by the way you guys if our patients have pelvic floor symptoms their pelvic floor is likely not fine so that is a whole nother like podcast that just something that's like nails on the chalkboard to me is like when somebody is like oh yeah well i felt their pelvic floor and it actually didn't feel that bad it was pretty fine meanwhile the patient has like burning vulvar pain and incontinence or urinary urgency and urgent continence. And it's like, that's probably not the case. I think you need to go back and do another assessment. It's like almost impossible. But that might be one of the reasons. I mean, we hear that from so many, I mean, we have so many patients in our online support group and we hear that all the time. Well, I went to pelvic PT and my pelvic floor was fine. So what else could it be? And it's just now ruled out these people who have pelvic floor dysfunction are now spinning their wheels looking at all of this other different things because somebody told them once, oh, your pelvic floor is fine. Maybe they didn't even say it that way. Maybe they said, oh, it's not that bad, or they downplayed it, whatever it was. But those patients take away, well, it's not pelvic floor, right? They didn't get what Nicole's talking about here, right? The two things that they're supposed to go away with, they need to know how their symptoms are related to what you found and know that you can help. And they went away without either one of those, Probably because there were so many quick screens going on that we couldn't get to anything that was actually happening. Yeah. So I really, really, really encourage you guys to really try to internalize, no pun intended, internalize this. Like, it's okay for it to take multiple visits, especially in a pelvic health evaluation. It's not even okay. It is. that. It just It's a fact. Like, that should be, you should be thinking and learning about what's going on with your patient for those first three to five visits. Yeah, man. And the more seasoned you get as a clinician, that you can shave some time off and, and there's pattern recognition and there's all of that stuff. But I'll tell you, it's very rare that even I, and I've been doing this for 16 years and I think obsessively about the pelvic floor and even for somebody with interstitial cystitis where I can pattern recognize really quickly and and I've heard a million stories and all of that. Like, it's very rare. I never do it in, a, in one visit for an hour. It's very rare that I even get it completely figured out in two, honestly. And so that's why in essentials, in the first phase, I have a whole phase of treatment that is figure it out. And it's three to five visits. Three to five visits is what I feel like is probably, if you're really doing all of those things that we talked about, thoroughly understanding the patient, the body, how that patient's pelvic floors relating to their symptoms, all of that, including some of the biopsychosocial stuff that we talk about with how their nervous system plays, how their body's responding, all of that stuff is a three to five visit process because by definition, 
We can't understand fully what is happening in terms of our evaluation process until we see how they come back from some treatments that we're doing. So if you happen to get to treatment on the first day, that's great. That's a way that you can expedite the number of visits it might take to complete an evaluation. But ultimately, like, I don't know. This is why when people are asking me, like, well, how long is this going to take? I'm like, I don't know yet. I'm not sure because I just did something and I need to know how your body's responding. That's going to give me more information. So schedule once a week and then we'll, I'll see you next week and we'll figure it out. Yeah. So I hope that that helps guys. I hope that's a little bit liberating of a concept that it doesn't have to be something you figure out on that first visit and it doesn't have to feel rushed and frantic and harried because if it feels that way to you, it's probably feeling that way to your patients too. And so just be thinking about, did that patient leave knowing how things were related and knowing that you could help? And if you've done that and they're coming back for visit two, like you have done your job at that initial evaluation. So if that's something that you want to do a deeper dive into, that is a ton of what Nicole goes over in the Pelvic PT Essentials. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. If that's something you feel like you're struggling with, you're not confident in your evaluations, or you're saying, well, how do I prioritize? I don't even really know what my ethos is, what I think is the most important thing. That's all that the essentials is all about. So that could be a great tool for you if that is something that you are struggling with. But I hope this takes a little bit of that pressure off that you do not have to have it all figured out at the initial evaluation. It is unreasonable to expect that. The patient's not expecting that. That's a pressure that we're putting on ourselves. And hopefully we can... Stop doing that. Yeah, and it really is an unrealistic expectation. So the reason why you guys are feeling so bad about yourselves about that is because it it's just completely unrealistic. And so if you understand that and you take that to heart, then you can give yourself a little bit of grace and just be like, I'm going to rock this hour and make it still super valuable. And we're going to get a ton of information, but we don't have to understand everything yet. And that's it. Cool. Guys, if you have any questions about this, let us know. We always want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.